This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Hope you guys got who you wanted on waivers. This, this wasn't a you know crazy busy week you know for waivers. There wasn't too many names that you you know want to get outside of like you know Raheem Mostert. Maybe Tyreek McLaurin was still on your waiver wire. But, you know, these, these small changes can make a huge difference uh, going forward. So I think Wednesday is one of those days where you kind of like want to take a look at your team. Take a look at the teams in your league and, and make some offers. You know, try to improve your team. Maybe do some two-for-ones. You know, I, I know this morning I woke up. <laughs> this is what I do on Wednesdays. I, I kind of like look around the league and see, hey, like, you know, who? what are some teams' needs you know, do they need some running backs? Do they need wide receivers? And, and what are my strengths? Maybe I have I have pretty good wide receiver depth, and I can combine two of those wide receivers and upgrade, you know, to a, a better wide receiver. You know, and and they since they needed some depth, they might be more willing to take that deal. Um, especially if people are zero and two. You know, those are the people that probably want to make you know are more likely to make a deal because they feel like they need to make a change. Um, but yeah, as one of my, you know, one of my favorite strategies is, you know, if I'm looking to make a trade, um, I'm looking at the other teams to see what they need. Um, you know what I mean? So like if, if I'm, I look at my team, see what my strengths are and see if those strengths are other people's weaknesses and, and try to take advantage, um, you know, because those are the people who are more likely to make a deal um, because, you know, they know what their weaknesses are. And if you're trying to fulfill, you know, their weakness with, you know, a way to improve that along with them giving you some value. Those are probably the best trades and the best trades that are more likely to happen. Like if you want Christian McCaffrey and then you go into that, to that league manager and you're like, Hey, like I'll give you this and this, but that wasn't need on their team. There's no reason for them to accept that. Um, so it's, it's a better idea to kind of an- analyze, you know, what their team might need. Like, okay, you have two tight ends and his tight end is, somebody who isn't great and like you know he has oj howard for example and oj howard's been shit in the bed so like hey listen like i'll give you one of my tight ends and you can give me this low-end you know rb2 (laughs) or something like that you know you kind of want to make those type of deals um or or combine that tight end with another running back or wide receiver to upgrade that running back or wide receiver 
things like that. That's, that's, those are the kind of deals that I like to do. Anyway, you're here for the running back matchups this week. Um, going to go over guys that, you know, you're obviously starting. Like, most of these guys are starting, right? Because, like, you know, top 24, if you're if you're a top 24 running back, you're an RB2. So, for you to bench an RB2, you know, a top 24 guy, it's probably not going to happen. If you are, you really, really don't like the matchup, you know, or you're, you're getting a little cute, whatever the case may be. Uh, but let's, let's go over them. So, I'm going over starts, desperate starts, temporary expectations, and guys that you probably just, just want to flat out sit. Um, I'm going to start with Derrick Henry. Um, going up against Jacksonville, or are we really going to think about, you know, sitting Henry <laughs> after his onslaught against the Jaguars last season? Uh, this is typically a tough matchup, but when LaShawn McCoy can gain 81 yards on 10 carries in week one and Carlos Hyde can total 90 on 20 carries last week, we can start gaining some confidence in Henry. Um, Tennessee, they have a good defense. They're going up against, you know, Gardner Minshew. So the game script should be well in favor for Henry to produce with volume. Uh, moving on to Leonard Fournette, 86% and 97% of snaps over the last two games. Um, you know, only Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell are averaging over 90% of snaps like Fournette is right now. So, you know, I'm putting, I'm only putting him in here in case you're not aware of how much opportunity he is getting. You know, the box score and his fantasy points might not show it. But these touches are, aren't, you know, even though these touches aren't ridiculously high too, and the offense isn't great, his floor is still high because of how much he's on the field and how much he's involved in the in the passing game. So he's getting those targets, um, and, and that's what you're looking for. Okay, Aaron Jones. Um, I guess this one's a little obvious after last week. I wasn't, like, in on Jones last week, but no one really saw that type of volume coming, you know, from Jones against that Vikings defense, especially when playing only a little more than 50% of snaps, and, and that was a career high for carries and touches. Um, but anyway, the Packers, this week, they're favored at home by eight points against Denver, so there's a possibility Jones has another high-volume day. With the Packers defense playing very well over the first two weeks, uh, a date with Joe Flacco doesn't seem too daunting. So Jones' involvement in the passing game? Last week, that was really encouraging as well. So, you know, after a 27-touch week, he's obviously in your lineup. Okay, Damian Williams, uh, maybe not as obvious, but he's more of a PPR start at this point. Um, his chance of scoring is relatively high in this offense. So, you know, you kind of want him in your in your, in your lineup. Uh, he suffered a knee contusion last week. It's just a fancy name for a bruise, so he should be fine for week three. Um, obviously, monitor those practice reports. Uh, but the Ravens, they do have a good defensive front, but Williams isn't really going to be bringing much value in the run game anyway. Um, you know, he's shown some serious rapport with Mahomes in the passing games. I mean, you've seen him, you know, run those real routes, you know, and when, when there's a mismatch against a linebacker, it's going to be exploited, and, Damian, and you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to take advantage. Um, now, if LaShawn McCoy misses time um, with that ankle injury, Williams definitely gets an upgrade. So, you know, if that happens, he should definitely be in your lineup. Mark Ingram, um, the Chiefs, they're favored by about a touchdown in this game. Um, so, yes, maybe the game script will limit Ingram's workload. Um, but, by the way, Ingram is the primary pass and down back. Uh, but Lamar Jackson hasn't really been targeting his running backs. That, that, that was that was one of my concerns coming into this year. Uh, you know, will he target his running backs? But, either way, the total for this game is set at 55 points, right? So, you know, it, it's going to be hard for me to sit the primary you know, plus the goal line back on this red-hot offense with so many points to be had, 
Um, you you want to target these type of games, right? And you want to have as many pieces as you can in these games. Um, it could totally be a shootout between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So you know, if he if he is able to get volume, Mark Ingram, um, the Chiefs have been giving up almost six yards per carry. So in that respect, it, it's a pretty good matchup. Okay, Marlon Mack, um, volume like twenty five carries in Week One, twenty in Week Two. Amazing production in Week One, not so much in Week Two, uh, but it doesn't matter. Follow the volume. The Colts are favored by two at home against Atlanta, um, which is a little surprising to me. But Vegas doesn't think Atlanta will go up in this game. And if that happens, it'll allow Mac to maintain the volume he's been getting. Um, and hopefully he continues to get 20-plus carries a week. That's exactly what you want. Uh, Sonny Michel. Um, so the Patriots played the Dolphins last week. And if you think that was bad, this week the Patriots are favored by 22.5 points. At home <laughs> against the Jets. And and yes, I said 22.5 points their favorite by. So this is the type of potential game script you want to start Michelle in. Uh, no word on whether C.J. Mosley or Quinton Williams will be back this week. But the volume should be there for, for Michelle regardless. And that's what I'm chasing. Okay, Chris Carson. He had 18 touches last week. Uh, he was looking to have a big day. But he lost two fumbles in that game. His third lost fumble over the first two games. He was basically benched for Rashad Penny until they needed him for a late fourth and short to win the game. And I mentioned this in yesterday's podcast. Um, and we don't know what the backfield is going to look like this week. Uh, but I personally have a feeling that Carson will be back in, in you know the role that he's been playing. Hope, you know, probably until he fumbles again. <laughs> but you know, p- even if Penny does grab more of a share, I think Carson will be the primary ball carrier, primary pass catcher. Goal line back, you know, on that run-heavy offense. So he still has value. Um, I'm actually buying low on him this week. Um, but this week against the Saints, the Seahawks go up against a less potent offense than we've been used to, you know, with Drew Brees out. Um, so, you know, the Saints actually have allowed almost six yards per carry over the first two weeks. So, you know, the matchup might be there for him this week. Um I know I don't need to mention Austin Eckler, but I just want to. <laughs> uh, 19 touches in week one, 23 touches, uh, you know, in week two. Um, six catches in each game, averaging 13.6 yards per reception. I mean, that's that's sick right there. Four touchdowns total through two games. I'm starting him as a clear RB1 this week against Houston, obviously. Just wanted to mention that he's an RB1. <laughs> um, so Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert. Um, now, Sony Michelle couldn't get anything going against the Steelers in week one, but Rex Burkett did, James White could, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny were both fine against the Steelers. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan's system coming into town, you know, along with how Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert have performed with their touches, you know, over, over really over the last year, they've just been super efficient. Um, you know, it's hard not to not start both of these guys as RB2s right now. Uh, Breida's going to be the primary back with Mostert trailing him. Closely in touches. Um, hopefully, one of them will get the goal line looks without bringing in Jeff Wilson as a vulture. That, that's what we gotta hope for. But Jalen Samuels, um, Connor is says he's confident that he'll play this week. But if he were to miss the game with his knee injury, whatever that is, they're being super cryptic about it. Samuels should see a pretty large percentage of snaps, um, enough to not care, you know, about this offense potentially taking a step back. But Samuels, you know, will likely be pretty involved in the pass game if that were to happen. So his floor should be pretty high, even if the 49ers go up in this game. Um, you know, keep an eye on Connor's practice status throughout the week. You know, if he doesn't get any work in, you know, this week, then, you know, even if he is active on Sunday, you might still want to play Samuels, um, you know, as a low-end RB2 or a flex 
Um, David Montgomery, you know, week two was super encouraging for him. 19 touches in that game. He outtouched Mike Davis 19-3. Tariq Cohen only had six touches. He also got all three goal line opportunities, finally converting on the third. Um, the only concern is his snaps. Like, would have loved to, for his snaps to be up a bit. Um, you know, this past week he was out there for 45% of snaps. Th- only 35% in week one, so there's a little bit of an improvement there. But at least he's getting the touches, right? Um, the Redskins have allowed backs to be efficient against them so far this season. So Montgomery has a chance to turn that volume into better production in week three. Okay, a couple of desperate starts. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. Um, these guys are pretty much splitting their work 50-50. Uh, Freeman had a few less snaps than Lindsay in week one, and then in week two, it kind of flipped where Freeman had a few more snaps than Lindsay. Um, you know, it was a tough matchup against the Bears, but they were both still pretty efficient, except, especially Freeman. Um, you know, what's keeping them afloat with their 10 to 13 carries per game so far is their involvement in the pass game. Lindsay caught four of six targets in week one and four of seven in week two. Freeman wasn't involved a ton in week one in the passing game, but all, all of a sudden in week two, he was targeted seven times, caught five of them for 48 yards. So that's that's pretty encouraging right there. Um, and we know Joe Flacco has always loved to target running backs. He's continued that trend in Denver. Um, the matchups haven't seemed to matter for Royce Freeman over the past two weeks. He has been um, efficient, more efficient than Lindsay, averaging 5.24 yards per carry over his first two games. Um, let's hope that receiving work continues for these two. Um, and their preferred starts in PPR leagues if you're going to start them. Uh, Freeman is a sneaky buy low right now. He's playing well. It's you know there's a potential of him kind of like gaining more s- snaps, gaining more of a share, um, staying involved in the passing game, and potentially taking over as the clear goal line guy. You know we haven't seen too many um, opportunities there, so we don't know what that's going to look like. And before we do, if it's definitely Freeman, he's going to gain value once that happens. So I would potentially buy low right now. Uh, Carlos Hyde, he had 20 carries for 90 yards last week. Leapfrog Duke Johnson as a primary running back in Houston's backfield. Um, Duke Johnson only got six carries; was only targeted once. So he hit out snapping him 60% to 40%. You know, it was a good game script for him. Um, so he's going to be touchdown dependent. He's not too involved in the pass game. Uh, but Houston, you know, is a good offense, and you know, a, a lot can happen. He could be put in opportune situations. Um, I'm not afraid of this Chargers defense, right? Like the height, we saw Mac was able to do week one. Um, you know, obviously height isn't Mac, but you know he can perform with some volume. Uh, if you get some goal line usage, that'll be great for him. Um, but he'll he's going to be touchdown dependent. So, you know, with him not being involved in the pass game, you know, you start him as kind of like a low end RB two. Frank Gore um, with Devin Singletary potentially out with that hamstring or calf strain or whatever the Bills are calling it. You know, there were some conflicting reports there. Um, Gore can see volume like he did in week two. Cincinnati gave up a shit ton of rushing yards to the 49ers last week. They're only one yard short of Miami in rushing yards allowed (laughs) this year. Um, So, you know, that tells you what you need to know. They're giving up 5.4 yards per carry, um, which is actually worse than Miami. Um, so, you know, if you're playing Frank Gore, this is a pure volume play. Uh, Gore has a chance to plunge him with a goal line touchdown, so that's kind of what you're hoping for there. Okay, Devontae Freeman. He has played terribly so far to start the season. You know, he's ranking extremely low in yards after contact per attempt. Edo Smith actually has shown some signs of life in Atlanta's backfield, but he isn't quite getting enough touches. 
Now, right now, it is about a 50-50 snap split currently. Um, this matchup has actually been a good one for running backs so far, giving up 5.5 yards per carry. Um, Freeman's still involved in the pass game enough to the point where he can turn 15 touches into a low-end um, RB2 return um, against the Colts. So going up against the Vikings in Minnesota and Philly over the past two weeks weren't good matchups. So Freeman has a chance of giving you his first decent game of 2019. Um, by the way, we might need to see Edo Smith more. You know, he's been more efficient in the run game against the two tough opponents on his limited touches. Um, we just can't really depend on his six to seven opportunities per game at the moment. So, you know, if you're desperate, you know, obviously you draft a Freeman high. Hopefully this matchup can, can be one where he kind of bounces back. I wouldn't hold my breath, but it's a, it's a much better matchup. Okay, Peyton Barber. Uh, even with Ronald Jones outplaying Barber in week one, he hardly got a chance in week two. Instead, he got a whopping 23 carries, total 82 yards with a touchdown. That type of volume seems like Bruce Arians wants to ride him um, to keep Jameis Winston's attempts as low as possible. Barber is a decent matchup against the Giants in week one, so if you're desperate at running back, he does have a shot to get volume once again. Um, so guys that you need to temper your expectations on, carry on Johnson. Now, C.J. Anderson did get cut, you know, and while his touches were reduced between weeks one and week two, Carrion actually ended up playing 54% of snaps in week two from 57% in week one. So his snap percentage went down. Uh, Ty Johnson's usage increased as he played 20% of snaps from 9%. The Lions picked up Paul Perkins to replace C.J. Anderson. And while, you know, maybe we can assume he won't be part of the rotation, we can be sadly mistaken, right? Given this coaching staff's tendencies over the past year. Um, so we want Carrion to be freed into that 20-touch, you know, plus goal line role. You know, maybe some involvement in the passing game would be nice. But we will have to hold our breath until we see it. The matchup against the Eagles isn't great. But we should see at least 15 touches out of Carrion again. You know, you start him as a low-end RB2, and you kind of hope that... He gets, you know, at least 65% of snaps. That's the hope. Joe Mixon. Uh, it's been a rocky start for him. Um, he was questionable coming into week two. He had to test his ankle pregame, so we knew that it w- he wasn't going to be 100%. We also knew that Gio Bernard would have a fair share of snaps because of it, um, and that's what happened. If Mixon is, is practicing in full for week three, though, he'll most likely be in my lineup as an RB2. The offensive line has not looked great in the run game at all, so it's, it is tough to trust him right now. But the touches should be there if he's healthy. The matchup isn't great. So, you know, we would be depending on volume and that offensive line kind of stepping up. Um, now, Joe Mixon is a buy low, but I would, you know, really buy low. Like, I wouldn't really give up some serious assets for him because he's, he's a risk at the moment. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if they fix, you know, this offensive line a little bit, the scheme kind of gets creative and Joe Mixon gets healthy... Things can change. Okay, Josh Jacobs, um, he's nursing a tweaked groin, so we have to monitor, you know, those the Oakland practice reports this week. If he plays, you know, going into Minnesota and performing on the ground isn't easy. Um, Minnesota has a good shot of going up early, so we can see Jacobs' volume go down like we did from week one to week two. The Raiders will want to start the game by running the ball. Um, they will need to stop the Vikings' ground game if they want to get their own to thrive throughout the game. Um, it's, it's easier said than done, but so far so good for the Raiders' run defense. Um, the, the outside zone scheme, you know, operated by Dalvin Cook is a different beast, though. 
Um, Vegas does have the Vikings as eight point favorites, you know, which usually isn't correlated with a ton of volume for opposing running backs. So, yeah, I'll play him, but you know, just keep in mind that he has a tweet going. Just keep just monitor those practice reports and you know make make the best decision towards the end of the week. Um, temporary expectations with Alvin Kamara. You know, while Drew Brees is out, I think he takes a significant hit. You know, while you know Teddy Bridgewater's in there. You know, the Saints, Saints offense, you know, is a well-oiled machine. You know, it stays on schedule. You know, and that's one of the reasons Kamara is able to do what he does. He like catching, you know, catching the ball in stride. You know, um, ball placement. Those are very underrated aspects. You know, of Kamara's run after the catch, and Drewby's, you know, hits him where he needs to. Um, you know, and that that's what gives him a chance to consistently show his special ability in the open field. He went from twenty touches in Week One. Um, to 14 touches in week two and even if he sees 15 in week three the quality of his touches won't be as great he's probably now a borderline rb1 um so he's still starting um but just temper your expectations um on that ceiling that we're used to okay there's a couple guys that you know i'm sitting miles sanders jordan howard guys i'm still sitting that these the split is too close for comfort you know there's nothing about this matchup that should scare you, but this is a three-man backfield with Sproles actually seeing more snaps than Jordan Howard. Uh, once the touches go into the 15-plus range or the snaps you know, become less evenly distributed between the three guys, that's when we should start thinking about having one of these guys in your lineup. And it'll probably be it'll probably end up being Miles Sanders um, with him leading the snap share both weeks. Um, Adrian Peterson. He only had 10 carries last week for 25 yards. Um, Steven Sims even stole a few carries away. Uh, Chris Thompson's the only running back in this backfield I'm willing to start, and only in PPR. Uh, but I don't want to. Not in this matchup against the Bears. Remember, they are pretty good. So, so yeah. Um, I'm okay starting Chris Thompson in PPR against the Bears, but still. You, you kind of want to like look elsewhere if possible in case the, the Bears, you know, this offense kind of implodes. Um, but he should still be able to rack up four to six receptions in this game. But yeah, that's it. That's all I have for running backs. Um, check me out at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Really, 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 really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this and giving me your attention. Um, but yeah, hope you guys uh, got who you want on your waivers and all that. Make some trades. And um, I'll see you guys tomorrow with the wide receiver matchups. See ya.